If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in the world, and it's the world's second largest criminal enterprise after drugs. UNICEF reports that the global market of child trafficking brings in over $12 billion a year with over 1.2 million child victims. And the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children reports that as many as 2.8 million children run away each year in the U.S. Within 48 hours of hitting the streets, one third of these children are lured or recruited into the underground world of prostitution and pornography. It's Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and today we're with a special friend, Teresa Flores. She is a brave advocate and author who shares her story of trafficking and slavery while living in an upper-middle-class suburb of Detroit, Michigan. Well, I had been sharing my story about sexual abuse, as you know, Teresa, Mm -hmm. uh, for years and years. And my first book, Hush, it was already on the bookstore shelves before I even knew about the statistics of human trafficking. So I'd been talking about sexual abuse and never really realized how trafficking and being sexually abused in the home sort of went hand in hand for so many survivors. And it wasn't until Hush came out that I started getting emails from victims of human trafficking. So they were relating to my story. Many of them were being sexually abused in their own home and ended up running away. And so they were relating to me because I always talk about, you know, in my speaking engagements and in my books, how I dreamed about running away from the sexual abuse that was happening from my stepdad in my own home, but Mm -hmm. I never actually took those steps to leave. And so I know our friend Kendra, you know, Kendra, she was on our our podcast this past summer and she was one of the first survivors to sort of reach out to me while she was being trafficked. She had read Hush Mm -hmm. and that was um, part of her beginning to break her silence. And that just broke my heart. And after that, I realized how many others were out there just like her and just like you and, you know, just becoming aware of this awful evil that was going on beneath the surface and mm-hmm. you know like where you were from in Detroit where she was from here in Ohio all over the the country mm-hmm. and so that's when I started you know wanting to do something about it and that's when I got to meet you and just so many amazing survivors that are out there but Teresa um our guest today Teresa Flores you have been doing this work as long as I have been speaking and mm-hmm. writing, sharing your story. And you actually live in my own city. And I didn't even know about you for many years. Um, but now, Teresa, you've just become a dear friend of mine. And I just cheer for you anytime you're out there doing your work. I'm so, so, so happy to have you on our podcast today. Um, Teresa is the author of The Slave Across the Street, which I know has been listed in USA Today and on the Wall Street Journal Um and then you have a new book out in the last year, right? Slavery in the Land yeah. of the Free. Now that's for students, correct? Yeah, that's written for middle and high school students. I mean, anybody can read it that just wants to learn about what is human trafficking. Um, there really wasn't anything at a kid's level or young adult um, that it could be used as a resource guide. But uh, we, we cover things like labor trafficking and, you know, where are the 
the things that they wear and they buy and use every day, where are they made from? And, you know, was everybody paid in that process? And when we talk about sex trafficking and, you know, how to um, protect themselves from a pimp and identify the signs. Mm, That's so important. I feel like I get emails a lot from students in high schools wanting to talk to me about sexual abuse and human trafficking, and they want to write a paper on it. So I I think this is going to be a great resource that I can just kind of pass along to these students who want to get involved in the fight, but don't know where to start. Right. And then just a couple of months ago, Teresa, you were honored in New York City as a L'Oreal Paris Woman of Worth. And I think that's amazing. I loved watching your journey through that. And just on your Facebook page, um, seeing you accept that award, you looked amazing and just surrounded by so many other women who are really impacting the world in positive ways and speaking up you know, for women's rights. And it's just really cool to, you know, know someone who was able to walk that path and be honored in that way. So congratulations to you for that. It was quite a fairy tale, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine, you know, knowing your story, and I want you to share a little bit of that, but just to see you on that stage and looking at you in that way with the the light, the spotlight on you, knowing what you came from, you know, from what Mm -hmm. I know is your nightmare started as a high school girl, just with a high school crush, correct? Right. Yeah. I was just, um, you know, attracted to a guy. I was 15 and he was very suave and convincing and, you know, just um, said all the right things. And, but I came from a um, very, I would say, strict um, religious family, uh, a lot of family values, wonderful values. Um, but I wasn't permitted to date until I was 16. And um, we had a, a value that you didn't um, have sex until you got married. And so um, that was like really strong in, in me. And so I was, you know, what I call a good girl. Mm-hmm. And um, he just he just said the right things for a long time and convinced me to, um, to uh, go with him on a, he offered me a ride home from school one day. And that's as simple as how it started. And from there, I can remember hearing you speak and talking about how, you know, at 15 years old, you you were like so many other girls just growing up and living that that life on the outside. But on the inside, I mean, you you were serving men for two years. Is that right? All the while living at home. Yeah. I mean, you know, for a long time, I thought my story was really rare. And mm. but then I have met like you so many survivors um, and their stories are very similar to, to mine, to yours. Um, he um, convinced me to, you know, take a ride home from school from him. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought he was going to take me home. But he, you know, made some excuses and said he needed to go to his house and pick something up real fast. And I was very naive and believed him. And, um, um, he, you know, offered, you know, said, Hey, come on inside. And, and I stupidly did. And, um, it was there that I was raped and, um, then later blackmailed, um, with some photos that, um, they had taken while I was there. Mm-hmm. And then that's what led to two years of, you know, being, having to service men, um, to try and earn back the photos. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, living at home and going to school during the day. It's so interesting how a lot of this stuff crosses over as far as traffickers, pimps, Mm -hmm. abusers, the tactics that they use are all so common. You know, I can remember myself as a young girl 
living at home, living through the sexual abuse, you know, in my home, but, Mm -hmm. you know, going through it and in my mind enduring it because I wanted to keep my family safe. Why? I mean, my stepdad wasn't my family, but mostly to keep my mom safe. I didn't want to ruin her life by telling her the truth. Um, And I know that that's very similar for you as well, just wanting to keep your family safe because of all the threats that were being made um, against your family. And I know yeah, I've heard you say before that your dog was killed. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. I went through some flashbacks myself this past Christmas of of that whole thing with my dog being killed and my stepfather take, you know, mm-hmm. killing him as a way of threatening me to keep me silent. And it's just amazing how they use so many of the same things. And for you, it was also just intimidation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was, you know, threats and manipulating me and blah, blackmail. But, um, you know, just saying that they were going to hurt my family and followed me and my brothers home from school, always seemed to know, like, when my dad was traveling uh, and out of town. So um, it was a lot of a lot of threats. And then I think it's important for our listeners to understand Stockholm Syndrome. And do you feel like you Mm -hmm. experienced any of that? I feel like a lot of trafficking survivors go through that and it's confusing for them let alone people who've mm-hmm. never even been through it. Yeah, definitely. I think um, every survivor it goes has Stockholm syndrome, mm-hmm. um, and it's you know it's when like and I still rem- I remember um, we've been trying to get my book made into a movie for a couple years now, mm-hmm. and I opened up my yearbook and saw his picture, and I thought, oh my god, he's so cute, you know. And I thought, Teresa, what are you doing, mm-hmm. like? you know what he did to you. And I was really mad at myself for still having feelings for him, but it was exactly what Stockholm syndrome is. I mean, you know, you're tied emotionally to this person and that never goes away. And it's, it's, it's a really hard thing for people to understand. But I think um, if they understand that this is like a cult, like you're brainwashed into this then they get some kind of inkling of what we go through. It's a really good way to put it. And I, I honestly appreciate your vulnerability sharing that. I think that's hard to admit for many survivors. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. But there's a lot of freedom there, too, when you can understand why you feel that way, where it comes from, and, right. you know, that it's not your shame to carry on. Right. And speaking of that, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, I talk a lot about how healing is a lifelong journey. And um, mm-hmm. for someone yeah. who's been through as much pain and torture and bondage um, that you've been through and so many lies, I'm sure you've carried into adulthood and relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your process of, of healing look like? I know we all go through our ups and downs and, you know, things are yeah. good for a while and then they're not. What does that look like for you having gone through literally living hell? It's the same as what you what you just described, you know. Um, good days and bad days. Um, you know, I really believe that my faith is what has enabled me to be this healed and be able to carry this cross, this, you know, crusade to try and bring people's awareness that this is not something people do by choice and that this is a huge epidemic. Um, but I had a strong faith um, when it happened mm-hmm. and I never lost that faith. I I, you know, looking back, I think it was because I knew that 
they owned my body, they they controlled my mind, but that was the one thing I refused to let them have and, and to lose because then I knew it would be all over. And I don't mm-hmm. know if subconsciously I knew that, but whatever it is, it's what has helped me be able to function, you know, and survive really. So my, I would say my faith, you know, good counseling, um, you know, getting the right kind of medications if that's, you know, what you need, um, and then having a great support system. For a lot of years, I didn't have that, and I got involved in an abusive marriage. And so really working through all of that and finding all the support here in Columbus since I've, you know, come out with it um, mm-hmm. has really helped me a lot. Mm. That's so important. I, I understand what you're saying about just not wanting to lose that faith because when you lose that, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, you lose it all. Exactly. And I know you're like me and like Mary where it's like once you start speaking out, you realize that you aren't the only one. You're not alone. It's it's in finding our voice that others find their voice too. And I know that's right. driven you just as it has driven me um, to continue this movement. And um, it's exciting, don't you think, this whole, you know, the Me Too movement right now, honestly, is something I've dreamed about and worked uh-huh. for for 15 years. I'm sure you feel the same. How do you feel we are to keep this going? You probably would agree that raising up more survivor voices is a part of yeah. keeping that Me Too movement going. You know, I'm mm-hmm. afraid of all this progress that we've made in the last year that it would slow down. You know, I want to just keep that momentum going. Right. And I think using media, uh, whether it be the radio or uh, movies, things like that, to keep it in the spotlight, um, because I think everybody was so astonished that, you know, the Me Too movement where it's like, wow, this has affected just about everybody. And so, um, like you said, keeping that momentum going is really key. And we can do that through more of us finding our voice. And saying, you know, this is unacceptable. This is a woman's rights issue. Um, we've not classified it as that, and we really need to, mm-hmm. um, because this affects every woman, really, truly every woman. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it is crucial for us at this at this stage. I'm really excited for 2018 because I think that it's going to be a, just, you know, we're going to be turning the corner, kind of like we did with domestic violence and the awareness of that. Right. So I'm hoping that that's what happens for sexual assaults and in and, and human trafficking this year. Mm. That's that's so true and so good. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Teresa, mm. it's been exciting to me to watch your organization, SOAP, grow over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, SOAP stands for Save Our Adolescents from Prostitution and it's this hands-on outreach that you have to fight sex trafficking from what I've seen at large sporting events. And I think you've had a presence at the last seven Super Bowls. Is that right? Yeah, we have. That's amazing. And I've heard that the demand for for sex quadruples at sporting events. I don't know if that statistic is yep. true. Yeah, that's, that's one that I came up with. For you to be able to um, have a presence there, I think, says so much. Could you share a little bit about what SOAP does and even maybe how some listeners could get involved? I think that's a great way to serve and to be a part of the solution here. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, We've been doing it for eight years now. And what we do is we get people together. I call them bring in God's army together because Mm -hmm. 
we need an army to fight this evil of human trafficking. And so when I first started speaking, and I'm sure you can understand this, I, I would tell people my story and they would get mad. Like, how come I haven't heard this? What can I do? And I didn't have any solution for them. I was like, yeah. well, you can pray about it. You right. can <laughs> donate money to nonprofits, but I don't know really what you can do. And so um, uh, God gave me the idea to create soap. Um, and what we do is we get people together, I mean, kids and old people, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. together to label bars of motel soap with the National Human Trafficking Hotline number. And the labels have some key questions as well. And then we um, educate them on the signs and we send them out to hotels all around different cities and we offer them two motels for free. And we just, you know, have our our armies, our our, guy, our people, talk to motels and the housekeepers and the front desk staff and say, hey, have you seen this missing child? Do you know what this is? And an amazing thing has happened where um, people, motels are talking to us and they're taking this soap and, and kids are getting recognized and we're able to actually save kids from that missing children's poster that we know are being sold in those motel rooms. And so it's just been an amazing, um, uh, just an amazing mission that God has given me. It sure has been. And is it true that soap and the dream of soap actually came out of a flashback you had during a speaking engagement? Yeah, actually, I was driving home from Michigan, from Detroit. It was the first time I had gone back there um, to speak. And I got lost and I had a flashback. And I just got angry at God. And I was like, why? You know, I came back here. I'm your dutiful daughter. And I get lost, really? You know, I was like really angry at him. Totally. Then he gave me the idea, you know, that, that, you know, this is what we need to do now. And it's been amazing. So we have an upcoming, two upcoming um, outreaches, one this coming weekend in Detroit mm-hmm. and um, where I was trafficked at. So it's a big, you know, very symbolic outreach for me to go to every year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, February 17th, we have one in Columbus that we do every year for the Columbus Arnold. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. like you said, we know that trafficking quadruples anytime there's a big sporting event in town. So um, they can go to my website, um, www.soapproject.org, and they can find out the information for that outreach and even sign up to come and help. Wow, that's amazing. I I hope many people will sign up or at least check it out and support it however they can. Yeah. Honestly, Teresa, I think it's just so beautiful how this idea, this dream, this vision came out of you know, the tragedy and actually going back to where you were trafficked that and you would be mad and you would be, you know, angry at God and you would be in pain. But that through Mm -hmm. that, you know, he he showed you what you can do. And in this amazing eight year project, that's I mean, I think you've reached thousands and thousands of of young people, right? Yeah, we actually last year gave away um, we reached the half million bar of soap mark so that was like wow. totally cool <laughs> i know really cool. right like i just <laughs> never it's kind of like when you listen and obey god you just never know where he's gonna take you it's so cool that's exactly right i think so many of us mm-hmm. we just sit in our pain and we don't want to listen to what mm-hmm. god might be saying in it but if we would only just yeah. just look up if we would only just take a second to just listen that so many times that's when he's right there with us and he's like 
I can actually use you, you know, mm-hmm. despite this pain and despite this anger and bitterness or whatever it is that you're carrying, like I'm right here with you. And if you yeah. want to do something about it for the sake of others, mm-hmm. for the sake of the world, and even in the end, it will bring you more healing, you know, he's like, right. just take that next step. And I'm just really amazed yeah. and proud of your work that you've been willing to not yeah. only listen, but you take that next step and, and uh-huh. what he does with it is so great. It is. It really is. It's just, you know, I thank him every day for, for, you know, allowing me, you know, to be on this, this path and to help out with this. It's, um, I just get to meet, you know, such cool people and, Mm -hmm. um, really, you know, make a difference. So it's, it's been an amazing journey. (laughs) Sure has. What is next for you? Do you have any new projects coming up? I, I know you really want to get that movie done. Yes, I really am trying to find a script writer and get some funding to pay for a script and get that done. That's my that's my big goal for 2018 because, mm-hmm. you know, kids go to the movies, parents go to the movies. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, the movie Taken was such a huge influence on this movement. Um, people hadn't heard that Americans could be trafficked before. And, and there still hasn't been a movie about an American being trafficked in her own home, you know, and right. not the the kind where she's chained in the basement, you know, this is, this is the real way yeah. how it works. And so yeah. that's my real goal. Cause I know I can reach so many more mm. um, people if we do, if we have a movie um, we're going to go to Daytona beach this year in March for a soap outreach. We haven't done that before. Okay. And that's for like the bike week and NASCAR and wow. spring break. So we're super excited to, expand this um even more and um yeah so just getting bigger and better we've got two offices now um one with grace haven and youth for christ in columbus and then the other one in michigan Mm -hmm. so yeah need to get some interns so if anybody (laughs) wants to uh, volunteer (laughs) let me know (laughs) there you go and then you have you just last year started that survivor retreat, which was very cool. Yeah. And oh my gosh, yeah, that's what we're growing. <laughs> I I love that idea. In fact, that's something I want to do with one voice um for abuse survivors mm-hmm. in the coming year. I think oh, that's yeah. just such a precious idea and just a way to give back and to love on those um and take them deep in their mm-hmm. healing, you know, and to be surrounded yeah. by other survivors is is very helpful um on that healing journey and I wondered, is there a way that, you know, we could sponsor or listeners could sponsor someone? It's been on my heart um, to sponsor someone in the honor of Jennifer Kempton. If that's something that we could do, how would we do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, You can actually go right to my website and make a donation under um, survivor sponsorship. Okay. Um, Our our biggest cost is flying the women um, to the retreats. So, um, if people have extra miles they want to donate, I think that we even have um, set up a, a thing with Delta and Southwest that they can donate um, gift cards or miles to us. Um, they, they can't come if, if we don't pay for their, their you know, way there. Right. And mm-hmm. um, you're right. It is such a healing weekend because when no matter how old you are, how long you've been out of it, the abuse, you feel all alone. Mm-hmm. And this weekend um, is just the most amazing thing where we ask them to go deeper, but we also pamper them yeah. and have fun and let them be a kid because many were never allowed to be a kid. Mm-hmm. And so they then develop a whole network and support group amongst each other. 
and it is the most amazing thing. Um, we're hoping to add another retreat this year, so have two, wow. one for, for new people. And we, we've got over 50 people that are applying to come to the retreat already, mm. and then another one for the, all the alumni so that we can continue mm-hmm. pouring into them and supporting them. That's wonderful. And then what would your biggest talking tool be for parents to get in front of the problem? I think that's one big question that we get a lot. And, you know, we can give out the signs that they should look for and things like that. And if you have any major ones, please share those. But coming from, you know, the voice of one who has been trafficked, who's been trafficked in a wealthy suburb in America, what would you tell parents in your own town? That this is happening in every zip code. I mean, people refuse to believe it. Oh, not my kid. Oh, not my heir. You know, my mm-hmm. my kid. You know, they go to a rich school. They live. We live in a nice house. But it does. It, it is happening everywhere. Um, and don't believe that your daughter will tell you, mm. because these guys are so good at making them afraid to tell you. Mm-hmm. Parents just have to get better at the signs of it, and and not just parents. But pastors mm-hmm. and um, teachers and medical professionals, uh, it really does take a village. And we need to, you know, when we see something, you know, that doesn't feel right or look right, mm-hmm. we need to say something to the parents, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't matter if we're wrong or it doesn't matter if we're, you know, they're going to be mad at you. I mean, you could be saving that kid's life. That's a great point. You could. And Mary often says when we're at speaking engagements, you know, even if you're wrong, just be willing to take that step. I wish somebody would have for me, and I'm, and I'm sure you too. You know, I, and I can identify this person and that person that saw something and, mm-hmm. you know, never said anything. The, the yeah. neighbor who saw me run through his yard at midnight, couple nights a week, you know, never said anything to my parents. And had he, we probably wouldn't be on the phone right now together. Wow. So. Yeah. We need to be that angel for the next person and, yes, and to, to exactly. be their voice because these kids don't have their voices. Mm-hmm. And to be the voice for that next generation, you never know the difference that you can make. You know, just the fact of thinking of you never having this story and never being on this podcast, you know, right. I wish that were the case. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately it is. And despite that, Teresa, you are a true hero in our world today. You're a champion for women and your voice is making huge strides in this fight, in this war against human trafficking. And honestly, you're one of the most amazing human beings I think I've ever met or known. So um, just thank you so much for being on this podcast today. And thanks for being my friend. And um, just know that we are always in your corner and here to help however we can and um, so anyone listening, please check out Teresa Flores's books, support um, her soap project. And if you're being forced to do something you don't want to do or being threatened in a situation, or if you feel like you've witnessed young girls being prostituted, we just encourage you to call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at one 888 Thank you so much, Teresa. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you guys so much for what you do. <laughs> that gotcha. Happy New Year. We're so honored to be in this battle with you together. If something resonated with you, write a review, even share it with someone else you know who could really benefit from this. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. And you can find us online at IamOneVoice.org.